0: Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. I want to talk to you tonight about a faith, a faith that rejects the world's values, a faith that rejects the world's values. This world in which we live, the culture in which we live, it offers us so many things. It offers us so many things that we can be a part of, and it it calls us to embrace certain types of values. And yet, when I read the Scripture, and when I see God's will and God's plan, I see that the world's values are antithetical to our values. In other words, they stand against our values. The world's values are here. God's values are there. There is a definite distinction. God affirms things that are righteous, the world affirms things that are wrong. And what I want you to see tonight, what I want you to see is as we look at Moses, he gives us an example. According to the writer of Hebrews, Moses gives us an example of how to reject the world's values by faith, by trust. Notice what he says. He says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months in his, by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Notice Moses, by faith, fulfills God's will for his life. Instead of adopting the worldly culture and worldly value in which he grew up, he followed God and God's will for his life. And I think it would be a challenge for all of us. I want you to notice that as you look at verse 23 and verse 24, you see a faith that rejects the world's power. That really the world esteems power, position. I mean the world in which we live, it's kind of like if you can get to a certain place in culture, if you can get to a certain uh prestige in culture, It's kind of like you've made it. That is success. That is accomplishment. You finally made it here. Notice that in verse 23 and verse 24, it is by faith that Moses rejects that type of understanding, rejects those values. Actually, in verse 23, it's Moses' parents, which then I think is transferred to Moses. Moses' parents, what do we know about them? Amram, Jochebed, here they are. They know that they 're supposed to um, they know they 're supposed to kill their child. I mean that is the governmental decree. Remember the story, Exodus chapter one. The Hebrews were just multiplying they just kept multiplying, they were growing in strength, they were growing in number, and the Pharaoh, as he came to the throne, he began to grow very concerned about this people called the Hebrews. He was concerned about them. he was concerned that they would multiply so much. That before you know it, they would take over Egypt. They'd take over the throne. They would take over all these things. So something had to be done in order to control the population of the Hebrews. So the Pharaoh said what? First he said, let's take the Hebrew midwives and let's tell the Hebrew midwives that if a son is born, they are to kill the child. A daughter can live, but the son must be killed. Thankfully, the midwives were not obedient to Pharaoh's decree. But rather, fearing God, they said, absolutely not. We will not do that. When asked, I love the way they respond. When asked, why, why are you not doing what we told you to do? Well, the Hebrew women, they're more lively than the Egyptian women. And they have the children. And before you know it, the children are born. And that's just the way it happens. So Pharaoh said, well, plan A is not working. Let's go to plan B. If a son is born, then the son is to be cast into the river and drowned. Think how terrible this is. Think how horrific this is. That somehow this Pharaoh, Egypt, this worldly view is valuing power Because that's, in essence, what they're doing is trying to keep power over human life itself. It's all about power in this this scenario. Pharaoh is trying to keep his power and the Egyptian power. And so what if some Hebrew children die? That's what the world would say to us. The world would so often esteem death over life. But God... His value is for life, consistently for life. And it says, by faith, these parents hid Moses. They were, he was hidden for three months. Now, you remember the story of three months they were able to hide? Now, that is an amazing thing in itself, right? What do children do? I've had four of them, and all four of these have done this. I don't know if yours do this, but all four of my children make noise they still make noise but i'm talking about in those initial days they were crying i mean you're trying to hide them can i mean think of this trying to hide so that they're not found out but they're doing it and they know they're doing it against the governmental law but notice they're not about the power of the government here they're about the value that god has given them Now, this is not the night for me to go into detail of this, but may I mention this? Bill, I'm going to ramble just a moment. You can get on me, okay? God always wants us to follow His will no matter what the governmental decree is. Someone asked me, is it okay to disobey a law? Well, I believe that a good Christian... Is supposed to obey laws. I think that's what we see in the New Testament. But if there is a law that is morally repugnant, that is outside the will of God, then it is not only right to disobey the law, but we have have an obligation to disobey the law. I can go into a whole lot of this, but Hebrew midwives, they were blessed by God because they would not follow an immoral law. In the book of Acts, you remember when the disciples are there and they're charged never to preach the name of Christ again? What do they say? We ought to obey God rather than men. And that should always be our position. It is not the power of this world we value. It is rather the will of God for our lives as he has spoken it in his scripture. So by faith, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. They took great risk. They knew the consequences. But they hid their child. And it says here, because they saw he was a beautiful child. Now, listen. Before you take that too far, that doesn't mean that um, value of life is synonymous with the way a person looks. That's not what it means. I mean... Most of us would say that our children were beautiful, right? I've not seen many come and say, that's not a pretty child I had. And I've learned people go out and they'll say, uh, Brother Reggie said, you notice, you see my, isn't this the most beautiful child you've ever seen? I said, yes, it's the fifth most beautiful child I've ever seen. They'll look at me like, what? I mean, I got four. I've got to say they're the best looking, you know, but. Yours is right up there with them. But you think your children are beautiful. Yes, absolutely. This is not trying to say that life is valued just by the way a person looks. What they're saying is when they looked at this child and they saw Moses, they saw a child, they saw a life, and this life was beautiful to them, and they were not about to destroy it even though a government said they should. Instead, by faith, they hid their child, they were not afraid of the king's command. There was a time in my ministry where I never thought we would have to address governmental authority or laws that we felt immoral. There was a moment where I thought we would never have to address it. But now I'm not sure. In the years to come, I'll just say this tonight, in the years to come, it is more important for us to fear the king of heaven than any king on this earth. We must affirm that, and we must follow his command, God's command, because it is the only righteous one. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh Daughter, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So, in other words, like father, like son, here, you got the parents that say, We will not get caught up in the world's values as it relates to power. And at some point, Moses says, I'm not going to get caught up in power and position. Now, get this 40 years, you remember the story? uh, Man, I used to love reading it even as a child in the little children's storybooks. I remember. Probably eight years old, nine years old, just sitting on my parents' back porch and reading through that children's Bible and 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 just thinking about Moses being there in that river in the little basket that was floating. And doesn't it? I mean, it's kind of neat, isn't it? And there's Miriam; she's watching. There was a little picture in my little illustrated children's Bible. I'm sorry, but that's just what I remember little illustrated picture there she was she was watching she put him here in the river and he was going back down toward pharaoh's daughter and pharaoh's daughter finds him and takes him and says oh i need somebody to you know take care of this child nurse this child and there's miriam hey i know who you can get goes and gets her mom and the child is nursed and taken care of nourished but for 40 years moses grows up, he lives in the Egyptian court. Pharaoh's daughter. Position, power. He could have stayed there. He could have found his place in the court of Pharaoh. And yet, by faith, he said no. The world says it's all about power and position that's not what God has valued in my life and what he wants me to value. It is by faith that when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now, he did it. We know. First, he just He knew God's plan. Somehow, God had revealed his plan to him in some sense. He, he had some sense that he was supposed to be the, the deliverer. And we know that in the beginning... He chose the wrong way in which to try to deliver the people, his people. We, we know that. But he knew something. There was some inner sense. Maybe God had spoken. Maybe his parents had talked to him. He had learned all kinds of languages. He had learned all kinds of, of things there in the court. He had been educated. He, he knew that he was supposed to lead his people. But he didn't get caught up in the power and the position That was offered by Egypt. May I give you a caution here in your life. Be very careful about buying in to worldly position and power. Now don't get me wrong. I am thankful God puts people in position and power. Christian people. I'm proud of that. Aren't you? I'm thankful that God will place good godly people in power and position. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Be careful about buying into the world's value system that says power and position dictate your value. And before you know it, if you're not careful, what you will do is you'll do anything and everything it takes to find position and power. And power can seduce a person. Power can influence an individual. And power can lead... Position can lead a person, even a person that was a believer, can lead them into areas that they never should have been. You know, I've seen all kinds of folks. I've seen even pastors that would buy into the power pyramid, and before they know it, they have found themselves walking down some dangerous paths. We all must be careful of the power pyramid The position, values that we have in this world, and how it seduces us every day. So by faith, he rejected it. By faith, he said, hey, I know I could be a prince, but I don't want to be a prince in Pharaoh's court. I want to be a prince in God's court. I want to follow him. I want to please him. So it says, by faith, by faith, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. In verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. So notice he does reject the world's values in relation to power. Then he rejects the world's values as it relates to pleasure in life. It says that he chooses rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Now, Sin can be fun, can't it? we we'll be honest. It says the pleasures of sin. Sin's, sin can be pleasurable. It can be fun. Let me give you an example. Okay, starting next week, I'm not going to use the eating analogies, illustrations for a while, okay? Making that commitment, going to write it down. But let's say tonight, let's say tonight I go home. I have waiting for me a lemon icebox pie. I decide that this is not just a three-cookie Sunday night, but rather this is like a four-piece Sunday night. (laughs) Okay? I go and I eat. I have a lot of fun doing it. I enjoy it. It's awesome. It is fun, at least in the moment, and sin can be. That's the reason sin can entice, because we know, at least for the moment, it can be fun. But the consequences of the sin is not fun. Because if you were to come by my house about 1 a.m., you would see lights on. You would probably see, you, you would see my profile moving through the house. Sin can be fun. And look, the sin of Pharaoh's court offered pleasure, offered fun. I mean, here you are. I mean, you can have it and you enjoy things, and man, it, it can be, it, be pleasing, Moses. But by faith, Moses said, it's not about the pleasure of Mo, uh, Pharaoh's court. If I have to suffer affliction with my people, I will choose to do that, to be in God's will with my people. Now, let me say this up front. It doesn't mean that you as a believer ought to walk around all the time unhappy. It doesn't mean that you ought to walk around with a sense of, oh, yeah, enjoying this Christian life I got. Affliction every day, but, man, I'm going doesn't mean that. I believe that John Piper talks about us being Christian hedonists. In other words, people that we find pleasure in Christ. As we talked about this morning with the bread of heaven, that we enjoy Him. It is fine to enjoy Him, to feast upon Him, to have pleasure in our relationship with Him. I believe that. But if you are having pleasure, that relationship with Him that is thriving, that is growing, that you're enjoying, it will put you, at moments, it will put you on course to collide with the world and its values. You cannot always enjoy the pleasantries of the world if you are truly following Christ. There will be times when you got to just give things up. There will be times when you just say, it's not worth it. Well, you are going to be times when you say, this is not good, it's not righteous. There will be times when you say, I want to do what God wants me to do. And I'll reject the pleasure of sin and I'll follow God's plan for my life. And notice that comes how again? Through faith. Through faith. See, I I believe through faith we can still make those choices that are God-honoring, God-pleasing... That will lead us away from the pleasures of the world. But rather lead us into a relationship that is pleasurable with Christ Jesus. I, I just believe we can still do that. Well you don't know how it overcame me. and how No, by the power of Christ we can overcome. We choose by faith and trust in God. Whether we'll experience pleasure with him and in his kingdom. Even if that means we suffer affliction. Or if we'll if we decide that we're going to follow the world's pleasures. Look, Moses, I mean, think of what he did and what he gave up in the world of pleasures. The court, all the things that come with it, all the pleasantries of the court of Pharaoh. And before you know it, we see Moses on the backside of the desert. And for how long? Forty years. Forty years. On the backside of the desert. In other words, Moses would say, don't tell me about giving up things. I know what it's like to give up the pleasures of the world. To suffer for Christ. To suffer for God. With the people of God. Verse 26. Notice he rejects the values as it relates to power. As it relates uh, to, to position, to pleasures. Verse 26 though even as it relates to possessions, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt. I am thankful that God blesses individuals materially. I am thankful for that. You're not a bad person. Because you have possessions. That seems to be the narrative in some places today. doesn't mean that you're a bad person because God has blessed you with treasures. There are a lot of people in the scripture. People like Abraham and Job and others that had a lot of stuff. And God had worked in their lives. That's awesome. What I am concerned about is when we as believers throw in ourselves with the world's values and we say... We've got to have possessions, we've got to gain treasure, and we'll do pretty much anything to achieve that. There's something wrong with that mentality. World's mentality is you gotta have stuff, and you gotta build up, and you gotta have more and more and more, and you gotta do whatever it takes to get that stuff. And because of that, we have seen. Christian businessmen, we have seen Christian executives, we have seen all kinds of people led astray, and before you know it, made decisions that were improper, that were wrong, because they were trying to get more, trying to have more in their lives. It says Moses was willing to give that up. Give it up, the treasures of Egypt. It's interesting, if you go back and look in the story of the patriarchs, I mentioned to you that I preached through a sermon series a while back on the patriarchs, and as you look at that, you will notice, for example, Abraham and Lot, they split over all of the stuff they have. Their relationship is strained because of all the things, and basically Abraham's like, you take yours, and you decide which way you want to go, and I'll go my way. The family is strained because of things that go on, With possessions it is interesting to note that some of those possessions that they had gotten were from egypt that they were there buying into the world's values and just kind of getting stuff from egypt and the stuff from egypt was the stuff that caused a lot of conflict you know sometimes it's blessed we are blessed not to have all of the possessions and treasures Ask families at the moment when they have had to divide things up. Ask them how strained relationships can become. And it can affect every family, the best of families. Because sometimes our hearts are given more toward possessions than toward the relationships that we should have. And here, Moses gives us an example by faith. Embracing embracing the reproach of Christ, embracing that, and not the riches of Egypt. Don't you think it's interesting, too, here that the writer of Hebrews says that he esteems the reproach of Christ? Now, if I've done my math right, something like this, Moses predated Christ by about 1,500 years or something like that. 1,500 years. So how in the world can he esteem the reproach of Christ? Because here he is looking forward to what God is going to do. The anointed. Christ means anointed one. The Messiah that's coming. That's going to lead the people. That he is throwing his lot in with the Christ. And with the Christ people. Rather than the possessions of Egypt. Now I want you to see this finally. In verse... Well, in verse 26 it says, for he looked to the reward. In verse 27 says, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of God, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He rejected the world's values as it relates to the very present life in which we live. The present life in which we live. It says that he looked forward to something else. He looked forward to a reward. The other of the patriarchs, the other of the of the heroes that we see in this faith, they looked forward to something better. It said that he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So in other words, it wasn't just about this present time and the world in which they lived and the culture, but rather he was looking forward to something else. See, what the world says today man, just have as good a time now because it's just about now. It's just about the present moment. And look, again, we can have good times in the present moment in a godly way as we affirm him. But we all, hopefully all of us know in here that we're not living just for the present, are we? We're not living just for now. We're we're hoping to impact people and all. But listen, I am living for eternity. And you should be living for eternity, It's not just about right now. The world would say it's all about now. It's just about what you're going to accomplish in this life. No, I have an eternity I'm looking forward to. And I'm living every day, or that's the way God wants me to live, every day in light of eternity. How am I impacting the kingdom of God? How am I impacting eternity itself? Now, the world doesn't have the hope of eternity like we do. And rightly so. Because hope comes through Christ. Eternal life comes through Christ. It is hard to have hope. Without Christ. And it is. It is impossible. To experience. A wonderful eternity. Without Christ. And Here. He says it is by faith. He looks at something else. In other words, he doesn't fear the wrath of the king. Now, you see Moses still. He messes up. You know that. I mean, even when God confronts him at the age of 80 or so through the burning bush, and he says, I want you to go to Pharaoh. You remember, some of you are Bible scholars, students, and you've read, Moses makes excuse after excuse. But thankfully, it is by faith. That Moses will respond to the call of God upon his life, and he'll go and he'll stand before Pharaoh himself. And he'll stand boldly and courageously. Because when he looks at that throne, he doesn't just see Pharaoh, but rather he sees beyond to a greater throne. He sees God himself, the absolute ruler. The one in charge, the one he wants to serve. And he is willing then. He is willing to give of himself and to give of his life and to stand purposefully and courageously before Pharaoh. He rejects the world's values. That's faith, that's trust. Because get this every day the world's going to come at you. Every day the world's going to come at you. I don't know many days that it doesn't. Do you? I mean, every day I'm confronted with the world's values. Whether it's just, just mingling around, walking through, being in the community, whether it's turning on a television set, whether it's listening to a radio, it's like the world is bombarding us with its values. I say to you, It's only by faith. It's only by trust in God himself. That you can reject the world's values. That you can say, hey, it's not about power. It's not about pleasure. It's not about possessions. It's not even about the present moment. But rather. It is about my relationship with. With Christ Jesus. It is about the eternity that he has for me. It is about the purpose he has for me. And I want to fulfill that in my life. It will only come through faith. All the way you'll overcome It's through faith and trust in Christ.